Hey there, you're listening to The Simple Home, a podcast for the modern mom looking for a slower pace, a life with less stuff, less to do, and more time for what really matters. Living simply is more than just getting rid of clutter. It's about letting go of expectations to create a life of intention. Motherhood is the ultimate Groundhog Day experience, where much of every day is spent on the logistical stuff necessary to keep everyone alive so you can wake up and do it again the next day. You don't need just one more thing. You need easier ways to manage the constant cleaning and feeding, the overwhelming clutter, the never-ending to-do list. I wish I could hire you a personal chef, a nanny, a housekeeper, and a personal finance guru, but I can't. What I can do is support you in your journey of letting go of all expectations and taking life at a slower pace. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast today. Hey there, welcome to episode 7 of the Simple Home Podcast. I'm your host Jenna, and today we're going to talk about toys. More specifically, we're going to talk about how to curate your toys so you have the best toys for your child and how to keep the amount of toys to a manageable level. So here's a little story about me. When I was pregnant with my first child, we were given a toy box built by my husband's grandfather. It was absolutely beautiful and we were so excited to fill it with the perfect toys. As if we knew what the perfect toys were for our unborn child. My husband and I planned to only have the amount of toys that would fit into this toy box and get rid of any toys if it started to get too full. We imagined we'd continually weed out the old toys as we would fill it with new toys. Then our baby came, and so did all the stuff. We had clothes and blankets and calming devices, noisemakers, and more baby items than we really could fit in our space. And the toys, they just kept coming. We would get them as gifts, or I would see something I thought was just a must. It's really amazing how quickly you forget you wanted to keep things simple when it comes to giving your child everything. (laughs) Then we had our second kid, and we got more stuff. Then our third kid came, and even more stuff entered our lives. One day, I realized all I was doing was organizing and reorganizing and decluttering and organizing some more. All while my kids were whining for my attention because they couldn't find anything to play with. Sound familiar? Is your house overflowing with toys and your children still never seem to have what they want? Even though you had the best of intentions and provided them with everything they could ever want. So here's the truth. The extra stuff will not fulfill any need of your child or keep them engaged and happy. Did you know that kids actually play better? and are more independent, have more creativity when they have fewer things to play with. So how do you create the perfect play space? Let's talk about the four things to keep in mind as you create your space and choose the best toys. The first is how much space do you want to dedicate to toys? If you have an entire basement you've decided to dedicate to a a playroom, that's going to look much different than if you just have a shelf in your family room where you want to keep toys, or in our case, that one little toy box we wanted to use. So you need to decide how much space you're going to dedicate to your toys before you can really create the space. The second one is, will you have toys you want to rotate in and out? So a lot of times you may want to have some toys that you don't keep out all the time and continually rotate them so your kids have a few things to play with, 
but they keep coming back as newer toys. Kids will get bored if they're just sitting out there all the time. So if you can put them away for a little while and then rotate new ones in, sometimes that's very helpful. The third thing you wanna keep in mind is how does your child play best? Do they like to play where it's quiet and independent? Do they like to play better when there's a lot going on? And when you're around, do they play independently? Do they play with you? Think about how your child interacts and plays the best. And if you have more than one child, you need to keep in mind all of their different styles for play. And the fourth thing I want you to think about is will this space be only for toys or is it also a living space? This one's really important because if it's also a living space, you're gonna wanna make sure that you have the right amount of toys as well as the right organization so that everybody can enjoy the space, not just your children. If it's a living space, you need to be able to enjoy the space as well. So as you think through these questions, be honest with what will work best for your house, your family, and the way you want your space to feel. Rather than thinking about the toys you already have, pretend like you're starting completely over. This is gonna help you analyze your needs and your kids' needs from a very honest perspective. It's really, really hard to think about what we want our space to look like when we have all of this clutter already and we're feeling guilty about getting rid of any of it. So sometimes that hinders you from creating the real space that you want. So think about it as if you had nothing and you were starting completely from scratch. Okay, now that you have that nailed down, you have to decide what kinds of toys you want in your space. You'll likely have to get rid of some of the things you already have and may even want to replace older toys with more intentional toys. Here's how to choose the toys you'll bring back into your playroom or toys you're going to bring in for the first time. The first question I want you to ask is, will this toy last through multiple stages of my child's growth? If a toy will only be purposeful or enjoyed by your child for a very limited amount of time, it probably isn't worth the space it'll take up. The second question I want you to ask is, does my child do the thinking or does the toy do the entertaining? Toys can be very valuable for your child's development, but if your child doesn't have to think, innovate, or be creative, then the toy really has very little value for your child. The third question is, does the toy provide open-ended play? What I mean by this is can this toy be used in any way your child wants? Can she play in a variety of ways with the same toy? Example of open-ended toys are blocks, magnet tiles, play food. These toys allow for creativity and will provide tons more play than a toy that can only do one thing. You don't have to have all open-ended toys. I generally keep our open-ended toys out all of the time, and then I rotate some of the toys that don't allow for such open-ended play. A good example of this is puzzles. Puzzles are incredibly valuable for kids, but they can only be played with so many times. Your child's only gonna wanna put the same puzzle together a few times, unless it's one of their favorites, and if it is, by all means, keep it out. That's totally fine. However, it's likely that they'll just wanna build with it once or twice, or maybe a few times, and then they'll be bored with it. This is a toy I like to trade with other families so we can rotate the puzzles that are in our toy room easily and consistently. The next question that I want you to ask is, is this toy well made? This is an important one. So many toys you can buy will end up in the landfill within the month because the quality is so poor. 
We live in a consumer culture where most things will be replaced quickly and do not need to last. However, if you're really being intentional in what you bring into your house, look for toys that are well-made so you don't have to replace them constantly. Here's an example of the toys that I keep in our toy space and the toys that we rotate in and out. So toys that I just always leave out are Magnetiles or another brand that I really like is Shape Mags. They work together so you can have both. Shape Mags are a little bit more cost effective and I have found them to last just as long as Magnetiles. So you could try either. I will link to these things in the show notes if you're interested in purchasing them or just seeing what they are to see if they would fit for your kit. Another thing that I always have out are blocks, um, both big and small. I find that no matter the age of my kids, they find blocks really, really fun and they can do so much with them. Another one is Legos. We have both the Lego Duplos and the little Legos um, and all of my kids play with both sizes. I also always have art supplies out. This one might not be one you want to have out, and I totally get that. Some people are more willing to have that mess because art supplies are messy, and for some people that's very overwhelming. You do what works best for you. I like to have paper scraps, glue, scissors, markers, crayons, those types of things just out so my kids can use them whenever they want. We also have a play kitchen with a cash register, and then a little table and chairs that's their size. They often color or do art at that table, but they also use it when they're playing with their kitchen or playing dress up or just imaginative play. So I like to have that out as well. We do not have a huge elaborate kitchen. It's actually just a tiny little box with um, a pretend oven on top and an opening underneath with the play food and pots and pans. So it's really little, but you could have whatever kind that you want for your children as well. And then I also like to have some musical instruments out. We have a little kid's guitar, a keyboard, and some shaky eggs and other little things. Now, we are not very musical as a family. I never took music lessons when I was growing up, and so I don't often instruct them on these things. I wish I could, but I don't. But they are able to play with them and often do play with them quite a lot. So we like to keep those things out. Now, like I said before, I rotate puzzles. And then a couple other things I rotate are building sets. So my son really likes the Meccano building sets, but once he builds them, he doesn't really like to take them apart and rebuild them or make something else out of them. So I rotate some in and out. So he has new instructions to follow because I do think that's very valuable skill for kids to have. So we'll rotate those or Lego sets, different kinds of building sets will rotate in and out. And then also dress up stuff. My daughter loves to dress up. So we have princess dresses and ninja costumes and different things like that that I usually just have a couple hanging in her closet at any given time and then she does what she wants. But that might be something you want to keep out all the time if your child's really into it. Now keep in mind, in order to keep your toy space uncluttered and purposeful, you have to resist the urge to buy your kids the toys you see at their friends' houses or the character toys that are short-lived or the trinkets that they beg for but never last. So it can be really, really hard as a parent not to want to just get these things for our kids because they want them and we know that it'll bring them joy, 
but probably only for a few minutes. So it's okay to bypass those kinds of toys and not have them at your house. Your kids are going to get to play with them at their friends' houses. You can go to the library in the toy area there. I mean, there's all kinds of ways for your kids to still get to play with these kinds of toys and you not have to keep them in your house if you don't want to. We all know that things do come into our houses, though, that we really don't want. Kids come home from birthday parties with goodie bags, or they get random toys from events, from the dentist office, from others, and so on. So the way I handle this, because my kids love those little trinkets, so each of my kids has a little box or drawer where they can keep these things, and we often go through it and get rid of stuff that they're no longer attached to. So I give them one small little box where they can put these small toys. And to be honest, they really never open that box or play with these toys once they come home. But for some reason, they want to hold on to them for a little while. So we also have a rule with that area that if something goes in it, we get rid of something else. So if they bring one little goodie bag thing home, they find one from a past birthday party that they can get rid of. And if the box gets too full, we get rid of some of the things in the box. To be honest, it's really easy for the kid, my kids to get rid of these things in a little while because they liked them for a moment and then they totally forgot about them. So we end up dumping this box often. And I talk to my kids about trying not to bring these extra things home because they will just end up in the trash and in the landfills and they don't really find much joy from them. So we're working on that, and as they get bigger, they'll learn the things that they do want to bring home and not, but it's exciting to get stuff. So your kids will be excited to get these things. They'll bring them home. As long as you have a system in place for getting rid of things that truly aren't serving them, then you'll be just fine. It's just being consistent. So curating your toy room takes a bit of time and a lot of thought. And once you have it the way you want, you do have to be consistent with what comes in and out of that space. Clutter can creep up again very easily. So I also suggest that you revisit your space often to make sure you still have the things you want for your kids. Remember, less is more when it comes to kids. The less clutter they have, the more focus they will have too. If each toy is chosen intentionally, it will be easy for your child to play independently and purposefully for hours. Play truly is a child's work, so let's make sure the time they spend playing is full of learning possibilities. Okay, so now it's time to take action. Work with your children this week on creating a toy space or a play area that works for both you and for them. Think about how you want that space to be set up and what kinds of toys you really want for your children. You may need to do this independently, and at first, you may find that you're getting rid of some things that your children say that they want, but you really have to stick to your guns and think about long-term. What are they going to want long-term? What's really going to benefit them? Now, I'm not saying don't involve your kids in the process at all and get rid of all their favorite things, because that will cause a lot of friction (laughs) at your house. So, Keep their feelings in mind, but also think about what's best for them in the long run and start creating that toy space that you know they're going to love and that you're going to love as well. Well, that's it for this episode. Make sure to visit the show notes at at homewithkids.com forward slash episode seven. 
You can find any links I mentioned in this episode, and you can get signed up for the Declutter Challenge. It's totally free, and I'd love to have you join us. You just listened to an episode of The Simple Home. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I feel truly honored to be a small part of your life. Please take a moment to give a rating and write a quick review on iTunes. That will help this podcast reach more people, and I appreciate the feedback. We meet here every week, so hit subscribe so you know when the newest episode goes live. And for more practical tips on simplifying motherhood, visit athomewithkids.com. I can't wait to talk to you next time.